Good morning, and welcome to New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN, where our goal every Sunday is to entertain, enlighten, and expose you to information that can lead to positive change in your life. I'm Larry Hardesty. It's that time. Everybody's on the road. Everybody's frustrated. Everybody, there's people who are distracted. What is going on? Well, Robert Sinclair, the senior manager of AAA Northeast for Media Affairs, he will join us this morning and kind of point us in the right direction, give us some help and some guidance as to what to do during this crazy 4th of July weekend. So make sure you have a pen, pencil, piece of paper handy, or your smartphone, iPad, or whatever you use to take down some valuable information. I guarantee you, you will be glad you did. And also, thanks for making us a part of your day. We'll begin this edition of New York Sports and Beyond after this timeout. Welcome back to New York Sports and Beyond here on 9870 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. He's a gentleman who's been with us forever. He's a friend of the show, even going back to the great Bill Daughtry. He is Robert Sinclair, Senior Manager of Public Affairs for AAA Northeast. And every time he comes, he's got great information. And this morning, I'm sure, will be no different. Here he is, back by popular demand, especially on this 4th of July holiday weekend. It's Robert Sinclair from AAA. Hey, Robert, how are you? I'm well, Larry. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. And, and Robert, we got so much to talk about this morning. Uh, let's start with where we are, and and it's summer. And Robert, I know that you know from your stats and everything, but everybody who's listening knows the traffic has just gone wild <laughs> over the past couple weeks. Everybody's ready to get out, and it coincides with what you guys call the 100 deadliest days. So we're in the middle of that. So let's talk about that to start. Well, the 100 deadliest days, they're usually 100 days from Memorial Day to Labor Day. This year it's actually 98, but we're, we keep it 100 for branding purposes. But they are the most dangerous days of the year for teen drivers, especially 16- and 17-year-olds. And what happens is they're out of school, and they have a lot of unstructured time, and a lot of them get behind the wheel, and they lack the necessary training and experience to be safe drivers. And then on top of that, we did a survey of the drivers and we found that they're doing things like speeding in residential neighborhoods. They're speeding in highways. We're talking 10 miles per hour above the speed limit in residential neighborhoods and 15 miles per hour above the speed limit on the highways. They are not wearing their seatbelts. They're texting while driving and they're running red lights among other things. So you combine that distinct lack of skill and experience with these very dangerous behaviors, and we see an additional, a higher death toll. During the summer months, we see roughly six, six, during, I should say, during the uh, non-summer months, we see six teenagers killed per day somewhere in the country in a car crash. During the summer, it drops, it jumps, I should say, to seven per day. Hmm. And uh, so from 2010 to 2019, more than 7,000 teenagers were killed in crashes during that time period, during those summer months. So, uh, you know, they, they, they kill themselves in numbers far higher than their proportionate representation among licensed drivers, and they kill other people. They run into other people out on the road, um, and cyclists and pedestrians. So it is that this time of year that is most dangerous for those young drivers so every year we call attention to it and you know we try to uh tell parents that you know you have to you have to model good behavior for your youngsters 
uh, when you're bringing them, when you're bringing that infant home from the hospital, you have to start modeling that good driving behavior. And as they're getting older, when they get that age for that learner's permit, you have to spend many, many hours of supervised driving with them. Many states require 50 hours of supervised driving. At AAA, we recommend 100 hours of supervised driving. And it should be in varied situations, different types of traffic, different weather conditions, different lighting conditions all sorts of different conditions so that they get the experience necessary so that when they are driving on their own, you have trained them to be good drivers. And you, I just, listen, I know it can be difficult, uh, but you have to be very calm. You have to be relaxed. You can't start yelling and screaming and being excited because that will just get them upset and, and make them nervous, and that won't help at all. So we've got lots of materials on our website, teendriving.aaa.com. One of them is uh, a sort of brief overview of a sort of step-by-step process in teaching that youngster how to drive, and it starts with familiarization of the vehicle and its controls and goes from there. There's also a teen driver contract, uh, just like in business when you want to have things written down so everybody knows what's expected from the other party. Same thing with your team when they get out on the road. Have that contract so it's if they're engaging bad behavior, they have to realize that there are consequences. There are consequences as far as the law is concerned and their safety is concerned, but there's consequences when they get home with mom and dad or that guardian uh, that they have to respond to so that they will be responsible, that it all is understood and laid out so that we can make them as safe drivers as possible. It's a terrible, terrible toll that we see every year of young people uh, being sacrificed on the road. I remember talking to a reporter years ago about this. She said that when she graduated high school, hers was the first graduating class in the school's history that had not had a teen driver fatality in a car crash. Just goes to show you how bad the situation is and how it needs to be improved. No question about that, Robert. And just for folks, parents who are listening, by the way, the longer it takes them to drive, the more they have the driver's ed, all those things. A, it gives you a little bit of peace at night when they're out. And B, it helps on your insurance. It cuts the rates. So those are two very important items. Yes, yes, indeed. And I've heard horror stories about parents who did not have their children under their insurance and the child had a crash and they tried to add them after the crash. Just all sorts of things. Um, it's bad. Insurance is very expensive. You see all those lawyer commercials on the TV. You want to know <laughs> yeah. why? And that's part of the problem, you know. But also the fact that distracted driving is so big these days that the crash rates have increased, and that led to an increasing in insurance rates. And it's tough, but you, you got to do it. You know, make the kid get a job and, and pay for it themselves. That's one way of doing it. But uh, it's very, very expensive, and there's good reason for it because of these terrible tolls that we're seeing. And, you know, the other thing, we, we've seen all these studies that talk about how the, the young brain is not fully developed until, like, 21 or 22 years old. So you, you throw this, this extra situation onto that young 16 or 17-year-old brain, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. Operating a motor vehicle is highly complex, highly complicated. You're controlling a heavy object, moving at speed, you have to be cognizant of your vehicle, all the vehicles around you, the weather conditions, lighting conditions, signs, 
all the, all the rules of the road, all these things, it requires 100% of your faculties when you're behind the road as an adult. As a youngster, even more so, and yet we see them engaging in these bad behaviors. So a lot to be done. And just one other thing before we move on, Robert, is you add to what you're saying about the high speeds on the highways and the shifting lanes at those high speeds. That's the other thing that's really concerning. Yeah, you know, it's uh, a lot of vehicles, a lot of SUVs are out on the road, too. We know they have a higher center of gravity, and uh, you give that that ill-handling vehicle to a youngster, and they're trying to make these crazy moves at high speed in a vehicle that is prone to tipping over, and it can be a problem. You know, at the opposite end of the spectrum, though, is the parent that wants to give their youngster a high-performance sedan or, or a sports car or something like that. Uh, there was a very tragic case uh, out on the Southern State Parkway, known as the, the Road of Death, I believe it's called. Um, and the, the youngster had a high-performance, I won't name the brand because I own one, but it was all-wheel drive, high-performance. It was he and four of his friends, and he was flying on the Southern State Parkway, lost control, smashed into a tree, killed all his friends. He lived. And... I don't remember what the dispensation of that case was, but I believe he was charged, and I think the parents were charged as well wow. for giving that youngster that high-performance car. They thought they were doing a nice thing, giving their kid a nice car, but it's the opposite. You, you should give your kid an old piece of slow junk <laughs> as their first vehicle because they're going to crash, probably a minor, some sort of something, and if it's you know, small and, and low power, the likelihood of them getting involved in a high-speed crash will be lessened. Uh, Dr. Bill Van Castle, who's the head of our traffic safety department down in Florida, used to give his kids as their first vehicle a pickup truck. And the old-style pickup trucks really only had one row, and for multiple reasons. He said it's got a lot of, lots of metal around them to protect them. Uh, they handled poorly so they wouldn't be tempted to drive at high speed. And you only had that one bench seat, so you couldn't load a whole bunch of other distracting teens into the vehicle at the same time. So uh, that, that was his formula, a man trained in the world of auto safety. Perhaps it's one that we need to emulate. going to be a lot of sales of old pickup trucks now. Yeah, absolutely. You're listening to the voice of Robert Sinclair. He's the senior manager of public affairs for AAA Northeast. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond here on 9870 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. When we return. 47 million people are traveling this weekend, most of them on the roads. What should you be prepared for? We'll discuss it next on New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for stopping by New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Let's continue my conversation with Robert Sinclair, Senior Manager of Media Affairs for AAA Northeast. All right, Robert, before we talk about the July 4th weekend and all the traffic that's on the roads and people are sitting in traffic right now as we speak, let's talk a little bit. You mentioned distracted drivings for teens. Robert, I have to be honest. I think some of us as adults are getting getting some bad habits because of all the traffic that we're sitting in. Now we're looking to occupy our minds. I had a great conversation with a friend who said that he was sitting in traffic for about two hours and if he didn't have satellite radio, he'd have lost his mind. So at least he was focused on something that had his attention from a music standpoint, right? But he wasn't texting or doing some other stuff. 
And so even what you mentioned for teens is very true. But even as adults, Robert, we're losing our patience and we're losing our, our focus when we're sitting in traffic so long. Yeah, and the vehicles aren't helping. You know, back in the mid-1920s, they were putting a new device on vehicle, and pundits and uh, commentators said it's going to be, you know, a carnage out on the roads because people are going to be so distracted by this thing. It was the AM radio. (laughs) Consider all the things that we have now in vehicles where you can send and receive texts and emails. You can see the album art for the artist. Uh, that you're listening to, uh, just all sorts of things that are in vehicles that serve as distractions. And, you know, it's a lot of people will talk about the, uh, the manipulative distraction of holding a cell phone and how bad that is. That's not the main one. It is the mental distraction of processing information. Uh, We did a study a couple of years ago, and it found that there's a hangover effect long after you hang up the cell phone. You're having a cell phone conversation that's fairly complex and detailed, and then you hang up, and for like 30 seconds afterwards, you're still, your mind, your brain is still occupied with that conversation, and you have what they call inattention blindness, where you can look right at something, but you don't see it, because your mind is elsewhere. So there's this hangover effect even after making a cell call. During a cell call, the distraction is very bad indeed. And you combine that with all the other things that are going on. You know, and in fact, uh, I was looking at the stats recently. Surprisingly, the third biggest cause of crashes, the third largest distraction of crashes, is an insect in the vehicle. Mm, yeah. The insect gets in the vehicle, a person starts trying to swat it and do this, that, and the other, and next thing, you know, they have a crash. So, uh, I don't know if you need to carry some weight or something in the vehicle, but uh, the cell phones, another passenger, the radio, uh, manipulating the controls of the vehicle, and there are many these days, all serve as distractions. You know, you may have read about the fact that there is a chip shortage there's uh, some manufacturers actually had to shut down making vehicles because they ran out of microchips to be able to put in the vehicles. One thing, one result, and I consider it positive, that came about as a result of that is that some of all of these, these devices, these telematics, these infotainment systems that they have in vehicles, they had to leave some of them off vehicles because they didn't have the necessary processing power because they lacked chips. So all these things that they're putting in vehicle, manufacturers will tell you, well, any danger is mitigated because they make them uh, voice-controlled. Well, some of these these vehicles, the the voice-controlled commands, there might be two or 300 different commands that you have to learn and master. So some of these really high-end vehicles, you might be able to control these things with your voice, but you have to remember the command and you have to say the command. And some of these systems are not as responsive as they should and could be in hearing that command and carrying it out. So you have to repeat it. And, you know, the distraction just goes on and on and on, and it gets worse and worse. And you want to know why I don't ride motorcycles anymore? (laughs) That's part of it. Yeah, absolutely, especially when you're trying to dial that person's number and they're asking you, first of all, there's five different times they tell you, I don't understand, 
And then it's yeah. okay, which one? Yeah. Home, work. <laughs> so by the time you, you know what? Forget it. I don't want to talk to him right now. Forget it. I'll, I'll talk to him another time. Can I'm you, done. <laughs> can you repeat all this kind of stuff? Yeah. It's it's interesting. It's interesting. Well, uh, I I couldn't believe the stats that I saw, Robert. Uh, Forty-seven million people on the roads this holiday weekend. Wow. Forty-seven million, and ninety-one percent of them, or forty-three million, will be driving to their destination. The overall total is the second highest all time after the last normal year of 2019. And the car number, those traveling by motor vehicle, the 43.6 million, uh, that is the highest all time in we, since we've been keeping records of those taking a car trip for the 4th of July. And when you consider the convenience, when you take your vehicle, you can leave when you want at your own schedule. Uh, you're isolated. Remember, during the pandemic, they were saying the safest form of travel was your personal motor vehicle, and uh, that remains the case. And uh, when you get to your destination, you've got transportation, and then you can return when you desire. And we compiled the top five destinations for New Yorkers and Long Islanders, and number one is Cape Cod, hmm. and that's about a 400-mile round trip. And at the price of gas right now, it's going to get a vehicle that's got 25 miles per gallon, and uh, that gasoline is going to cost you roughly $52. The farthest of the top five of our popular destinations are the Outer Banks, the Carolinas. That's about 1,000 miles round trip, and that gasoline is going to cost you about $125 at the highest cost of gasoline in our area, which is right now 326 in New York City. So that's not bad for transportation uh, in both cases. You know, under $25, you probably spend more than that on dinner one night. Yeah, so really. it's convenient. It's relatively cheap in spite of gasoline prices being the highest uh, in seven years since 2014. Uh, it's still a relative bargain to drive to your destination and you have all of that freedom and uh, individuality and safety uh, at least from COVID, when you're out on the road. Of course, safety remains a problem. Uh, we saw fatalities skyrocket last year when so many fewer people were driving. Uh, those that were driving were speeding, they were drinking, they were not wearing their seatbelt, and we saw fatalities go up by about 7,000 compared to the year before. Imagine last year when hardly anyone was driving, the number of fatalities went up significantly. And if there's any benefit to all the traffic that we're seeing now, it's probably going to serve to slow people down. Uh, we did an analysis of speed camera violations in New York City last year uh, from when schools closed down in mid-March until the end of June compared to those first three months of the year. And some of the speed camera locations in New York City saw a 7 or 800% increase in the number of tickets. Um, West Street at Leroy Street in Lower Manhattan was the speed camera capital, the violation capital, with uh, just so with, with a percentage increase that was just off the charts in the number of people who were getting those violations. So <laughs> we're driving, uh, but it still remains dangerous, and you have to remember the slow down, move over laws that when you're driving 
on the highway and you see those flashing lights by the side of the road, you have to slow well below the speed limit and you need to uh, change lanes if you can do so safely. Uh, the number one cause of death for a police officer is not being shot or stabbed. It's being struck by another vehicle when they're making a roadside stop. A tow truck driver is killed every two weeks somewhere in the United States of America. Uh, the fines when you speed through construction zones are doubled in order to try and protect the safety of the workers who are out on the road doing that vital infrastructure work. So the safety remains a problem, and we're all going to be doing a whole lot of driving this weekend, so I hope folks keep that in mind. And no doubt about that. Robert Sinclair, he's the senior manager of public affairs for AAA Northeast. He's sharing some valuable information, as he always does when he stops by on New York Sports and Beyond here on 987 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. What's interesting to me, Robert, is in looking over your notes, is that even though we're talking about post-pandemic, we're still talking about the fact that more people are in their cars, there's still a lot of folks taking planes this weekend. Yeah, three and a half million, and that's that's 90% of the pre-pandemic high, uh, which happened in, also in 2019. <laughs> uh, so uh, those numbers are coming back. People are flying. Um, you still have to wear a mask on an airplane and in the airport. I was in Florida a couple of weeks ago. I got to see uh, all that was going on. Uh, the environmental surfaces, you need to clean those things thoroughly when you get on the plane. Let's clean up that uh, seat and headrest and armrest and those uh, controls for the TV and the TV screen itself and the tray table. Clean all those things thoroughly. They let you take a bunch of sanitizer on a plane now. What you don't have to worry about is the air. The air in an airplane is, is some of the best in the world. They're, they're pulling in air from outside. It's compressed through the engines, which heats it and sterilizes it. It's sent through hospital-grade HEPA filters. The filters are the size of garbage cans. You should see them. And the air comes into the aircraft from, a blow, from above rather, and exits through the floor. And all the air in an airplane is changed roughly every minute and a half to two minutes. Uh, I don't think I've ever smelled an unpleasant smell on an airplane. It's because the air circulation is so good in those uh, aircraft. So... Uh, air flying is coming back. Uh, people are traveling to Mexico and the Caribbean and Hawaii and Alaska. And uh, it's, it's a harbinger of good things to come for the economy. Um, what's not happening is that other category, which are trains, buses, and cruise ships. Uh, we saw just this week a uh, cruise ship left out of Florida, and it was at about 25% of capacity. And... Uh, you know, I think everybody had to be vaccinated, but they're still being very, very careful. Uh, into this month, in July, we should see cruise ships picking up. But there, there are just so many variables about how they're going to do it and what the regulations might be and all those sorts of different things. So that's the big X factor that still remains. A lot of people take cruise ships during the year, but right now it's practically zero. And some of those same uh, reminders and ideas of caution, Robert, that you mentioned about wiping down things on, on the plane if you're traveling is also the case if you're traveling by car and, and you have to stop over and you're in the hotel room. B 
because that's another situation you're not sure how often because of staff layoffs and other situations, Robert. Some hotels are not uh, sanitizing their rooms or changing beds or stuff of that nature as much as they have in the past. So uh, it's good for you to be handy to have some, you know, some stuff to sterilize your room as well. Yes, and you should look for something called Smart Depart. Uh, these are a series of hotels that have been working with AAA. Uh, they are engaging in higher levels of sanitization. And uh, that's a new word that's come on the scene since COVID, but that's what they're doing. Many of them have eliminated certain things, like the buffet. Um, they are engaging in the regular cleaning of the other high-touch services, escalators, elevators, um, if they do have a buffet, the food is in a container such as that you would uh, get from a take-home restaurant, take-out restaurant, and they've got people serving them. Um, they, they really need to check ahead if you're going to be staying at a hotel uh, to determine their level of sanitation. Uh, many of them are engaged in higher levels, higher standards of sanitation to help protect you. Um, what many hotels have done, in fact, is to eliminate pieces of furniture. You might not have a, a night table or something like that because all those different surfaces, they claim, can hold uh, the COVID virus. So they've gotten rid of a lot of those extra pieces of furniture in hotel rooms. So if it looks a little sparse, believe me, it's for your safety. Um, what you might not be able to check on is uh, things like uh, um, uh, B&B. Uh, those sort of things, uh, you really have to be careful. And, in fact, at AAA, we have a new level. We have our five-diamond rating service. With five-diamond, like, super ultra-luxury hotel, we have a five-diamond-plus rating now where our inspectors are going to make sure that the hotels are engaging in this higher level of sanitation uh, for your protection. So you can check those things on the website if that's something you're interested in. But that is indeed a very major consideration. I was looking at the CDC director just this week, and she said COVID is still out there. Um, they're talking about bringing uh, mask requirements back in California. Uh, these new variants are throwing them for a loop, and they're saying we still have to be careful. So people should not let their guard down no matter where they are. And we've been talking about road trips um, if you're going into that rest area, ooh, that you treat that as a, just a petri dish of virus. You know, wash your hands coming out of there. When you get back to your vehicle, sanitize before you get in your vehicle before touching it. Uh, if you have to stop and pump your own gasoline, treat that pump as if it's infected. And when you finish using it, sanitize yourself thoroughly before getting back into your vehicle. Do not let your guard down, covid is still real, and we have to be careful as we travel for the holiday. Yeah, there's no question about some great advice, Robert. Great advice, because I think, you know, as we're we're just so happy to be free, <laughs> to be able to get out of the house, and, and you lose yeah. this, you, you take that moment to, you know, relax a little bit and take your step, take a step back, and all you have to do, and since we're in ESPN, we're mentioning it from a sports standpoint, Robert, all you have to do is look. I mean, CP3 was vaccinated. And still was able to contract, you know, had to miss some games because yeah. of COVID protocol. So, you know, it's still out there. And, and that's the thing that you really have to be careful of. Yeah, I think I saw that on a cruise ship, too, that uh, even though everybody was vaccinated, some people came back from the test cruise 
positive for COVID. <laughs> How does that happen? Um, you know, we're all feeling like we've escaped from prison and just going hog wild, but we still need to be very careful. There's still so many people. I've, I've gotten in touch with people I haven't talked to in a while, and you know, it's like, well, what about, what's his name? Well, he died of COVID. What about that one? She died of COVID. It's just, it's stunning how, how this disease has gotten people, and we can't forget, cannot forget. No, we definitely can't. We definitely can't. Coming up, hints and preparation to help make your travel smoother, whether you're going on the road or around the block. This is New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. Let's conclude our chat with Robert Sinclair of AAA Northeast. Robert, I'm curious as to, and just, just a broad question, as AAA goes into the different ideas of looking into the diamonds of, of, of ratings of hotels and making sure that through your travel service you have the best way to you know travel to destinations that are safe. How, how does all that come together? How does all uh, the whole idea of AAA saying, you know what, here, here's, here's what we bring to our constituents, our consumers that can help them, aside from all the great car information that I'm not going to let you leave without giving, especially when we're going to be on the road. But how, how does that all come about? No, it came about as in service to our members. Uh, our road service program began in the 1930s. Uh, travel agency began in the 1950s. The hotel rating service in the 1960s. Because you know, people are out on the road and well, they want to do things, they want to prepare their trips, so how do we do that? Well, we'll, we'll have a travel agency for you so that uh, you can book your trip and, and get everything done in sort of one-stop shopping. Well, well, my vehicle needs repair. And our members have told us that the, the, the second worst part of the vehicle ownership experience is getting the vehicle repaired. The worst part is buying the vehicle. So we have a series of shops, the AAR shops, the approved auto repair shops, that we certify two or three times a year as having all the up-to-date training and equipment to repair your vehicle. Um, then we also have, uh, we've got the AAR shops. We have uh, a approved buying program uh, because, you know, dirty car sales. <laughs> it's like the worst things that people can experience. There's yeah. plenty of bad jokes about them, the bait and switch. Or I'll go ask my manager and all that. No, we have the approved buying program at AAA where you will get one-stop shopping, upfront pricing, none of that back-and-forth stuff. And uh, dealers have to really hold to a standard to be a part of the program. So, and we've got financial services. You can finance your car with us. You can finance your kids' education with us. You can finance your home with us. We've got all sorts of different services to help service members as completely as possible, complete, and especially when they are making a trip when they want to make a road trip. Overwhelmingly, when somebody takes a vacation or a summer trip in the United States, they're driving to their destination, usually 80 to 85% of the time. Now, of course, with this Fourth of July, we've seen 91% are driving. But for those times when they're not driving, we wanted to be able to help them. Uh, we even have a, a series of adventure trips for those who want to go to, like, Machu Picchu and explore the uh, treasures of the Incas and all those kind of exotic vacations that people take. We can arrange those for you. There's just all sorts of things that we can do for you, and 
might help if you're a member, but you don't have to be, um, to be able to, to have things happen as efficiently as possible. And our membership is now over 60 million. So mm-hmm. a lot of people are saying, uh, you know, we're doing a good job and they join us. Uh, many for the emergency road service, which helps a lot, but we've got so many other things that we offer for those that might need and, uh, you know, to tell, take the, uh, the stress and the strain out of certain things for them so that they can be a little more relaxed um, in going to these services, particularly buying that vehicle and getting it repaired. That can be very stressful. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. It is, Robert. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's why I wanted to, yeah. you know, let you let people know that AAA is more than just Boy, my battery's dead, and I I need I need a jump. Uh, they 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 have a number of different services, and and you know some of these things you desperately need. But while we're talking about services, Robert, on the side with all the travel that's going on normally this weekend, and it's summer. Uh, hopefully, they took some things and and prepared their vehicle before travel. But you know, let's take for those who are deciding. You know what? I'm going to let some of the traffic go. I'm going to leave today. What are some of the things they should do to prepare their vehicle? And what are some of the things you should do as you're on the road? Okay. Now we are anticipating this weekend 460,000 breakdowns nationwide. Oh, flat tires. Yeah. Flat tires, dead batteries, cooling system problems, transmission problems are the top items. But flat tires and just dead batteries, overwhelmingly. So those are relatively simple items to take care of. Uh, for flat, flat tires usually happen because your tires are underinflated, and then you hit a pothole, and it damages the tire, or it overheats and blows out. By the way, that's a very dangerous driving situation. You don't want that to happen to you. So make sure, number one, make sure your tires are properly inflated before you hit the road. Uh, get your battery checked before you hit the road. Batteries last maybe three to five years. If you let your battery go dead, oh, you let it go dead. I got the boost jumper cables out. I jumped it. Oh, no big deal. Oh, yes, it is. That battery just had the equivalent of a heart attack. And it has less ca- uh, carrying capacity, less uh, load capacity. Uh, if you let your battery go dead two or three times, it, it eventually won't hold the charge at all. So if you let your battery go dead, it's three to five years old, well, you can get it tested. We will do that for you for free. Um, or just you know, replace it. Why mess around? Um, cooling system problems. Very bad. Uh, make sure your, your oil is topped off. Make sure your fluid is topped off. Uh, before you hit the road. Um, a lot of vehicles have been sitting around. One of the main things to do, believe it or not, Larry, is to inspect under your hood if it's been sitting around for a long time to make sure there are no rodents that um, squirrels and rats and mice love to make a home under a vehicle hood. It's a very attractive environment for them. And if they get a little hungry, they might shoot through your wires. Uh, they could chew your belts. Your hoses and uh, belts can dry rot, so you need to have a look at those. Make sure that animal isn't underneath the hood doing all sorts of bad things. Um, your brake rotors might get rusty. Uh, you need to drive them around. It might be such that you need to brakes. Usually just driving around will get that rust off them, um, and your, your braking power will be restored. 
So those are the items that you really need to take care of before you hit the road. I would always, always add that a breakdown is more than an inconvenience. It is dangerous. I talked earlier about the police being killed by the side of the road. If your vehicle is broken down, you're by the side of the road. And many of our roads predate modern transportation engineering, and that means they have no breakdown shoulder. There's no place for you to pull over and remain safe. So you don't want that to happen to you. Now, if you do break down and you can get your vehicle off to the side of the road, do so, pull it as far off the road as possible, and it's best to get out of the vehicle and get behind the vehicle so that if it is struck by another vehicle, all the damaged flying parts and everything will be going ahead of you. But get that vehicle serviced before you hit the road, and that way you don't have to worry about that problem. It's it can be very bad. All it takes is some one person with a busted fan belt, and next thing you know, you've got a traffic jam of five or six miles uh, because our roads are old. There's no shoulder. There's no extra lanes. There's none of that stuff. You go down south and out west, and you see that some of the roads and how they're laid out there, and it's just just wonderful and vastly different from what we see in the northeast. We've got old, old infrastructure, and part of it has to do with the configuration of the roads, you don't want to wind up by the side of one. You're right, Robert. And and, this, and to add to that, what makes it even more scary is at that tricky hour of dusk and at night. And so there's some other particular things that you need to do as well to make sure you're safe. Yes, yes. Those twilight hours, uh, dusk and dawn, it can be very difficult to see. And uh, you might have to have uh, polarized lenses on to help out it can blind you the sun is low in the sky uh that's why it's always bad on long island because of its east-west configuration um in the morning you're headed west in the afternoon you're headed east but if you're counter the rush hour you're going into the sun morning and afternoon uh so that is a particular problem on long island uh so it's it's really those lighting conditions can be tricky as we age, you know, our, our, our eyesight starts to deteriorate at uh, age 35. Mm. So if you're over that, you know, your eyes are not as good as they were. And uh, you need to keep that in mind when you're out on the road. Um, so older drivers, in fact, uh, who have vision problems, older drivers are some of the best drivers on the road because they self-police. They know they have a problem. They have problems making left turns because they have a problem judging the speed of oncoming traffic. So they make three right turns. Uh, they don't drink and drive. They make sure they wear the seatbelt. Uh, but also what they do is uh, they realize that their vision might be bad, so they don't drive at night. And uh, you know, as we get older, we need to keep these things in mind and acknowledge that uh, you know, we're not as young as we used to be, and uh, there are limitations, unfortunately, that come with age, and that we need to work within them and uh, make that understanding. No question about it. Robert, as always, great information. Give us the website in case we want to find out some of the things uh, you mentioned, and also if you want to join AAA. AAA.com. It's just that simple. Um, that will take you where you put your postal zip code in. You can take to... Uh, local website and that team driving website that's teamdriving.aaa.com 
uh, we hope that parents will take advantage of that and uh, really do all they can to help make their teenagers safe young drivers. And more than likely, if that's the case, they'll become safe adult drivers. You see a bad adult driver, they are probably a bad young driver, <laughs> and it just continues. So intervene positively early and help make our roads safer for all of us. Robert Sinclair, Senior Manager of Public Affairs for AAA Northeast. Always a pleasure to chat with you, my friend. You be safe, and we'll talk soon. Thank you, Larry. Thanks very much for having me. Appreciate it. Be safe. That wraps up this edition of New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. We thank you for listening. We'll join you this evening during the week on ESPN New York Tonight with Gordon Damer and right back here next Sunday morning on New York Sports and Beyond. For my all-world producer, the legendary Ray Primetime Santiago, and, of course, the coach, Anthony Pusick, I'm Larry Hardesty. The conversation continues right here on 98.7 ESPN New York.